If you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the pre-W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, here's uh, a really interesting and important story for all of us to be aware of. And that story, you know, we tend to think about the food that we eat as being manufactured somehow. Of course, you know, occasionally we think about farming and the farmers who are out there working hard to deliver our food product. But I'll tell you who else is critical in the equation. Uh, I read somewhere that one in three bites of food that we put in our mouth are as a result somewhere along the chain of a bee, a honeybee in particular, that does the hard work of pollination, the pollinating, without which we would not have much of our food here in this country. And it even extends on to livestock and everything else because, of course, they eat the uh, agricultural products that result from the farmers growing these things and the bees pollinating the plants so that they produce whatever vegetable or fruit, whatever it may be. And again, without which we'd be in serious trouble as humans. Now, uh, Jenny Durant has the story for us. Tell us, Jenny. Definitely. I mean, they pollinate a third of every bite we eat. It's a true statistic and quite possibly more. So our food system, food we eat, everything, we're really reliant on them. Yeah, and many would say, you, in fact, go so far that we're not sure that we would be able to survive without them. It's a tough one. They definitely contribute to a huge nutritional diversity of our food, fruits and vegetables, chocolate. Pollinators are all contributing to them. So it's our, our diets would definitely be less diverse and healthy food would be far more expensive if we didn't have bees contributing to uh, the food we eat. Right. And so with that as the backdrop, we've got this unfortunate circumstance going on over the last few years that has really put them in jeopardy, put bees in jeopardy. Can you give us some insight into how and why this has happened? Yeah, it really started coming to my awareness this last year. I was working at USDA on a fellowship, and I have been studying bees, especially honeybees, for the last 10 years. And for the first time, I was really hearing beekeepers talk to me about how their colonies were being affected by extreme weather. So drought in the West in 2021 was pretty unprecedented. And then there was a lot of rainfall in the uh, Northeast And the drought was really reducing the amount of flowers that are available for bees. You know, bees require nectar and pollen from flowers to pollinate and to eat. And beekeepers were really struggling to feed their bees. There were just weren't enough flowers. And in the Northeast, where there was a lot of rain, it was raining so much that bees didn't have enough time to fly and pollinate and gather nectar and pollen to eat. So in both cases, these bees were starving. And beekeepers had to feed them sometimes up to three times as much food, like sugar water and pollens or substitutes. And uh, they were really struggling to, to keep them alive. And, and some of the beekeepers I spoke to lost up to 50 to 70 percent of their colonies that winter. And do we know why? What's the essential problem here? Have we been able to tie it to anything specific? Well, Climate change is a concern, and with climate change or alongside it or is extreme weather events that, that are happening that we're seeing, you know, hurricanes, droughts, fires, extreme rain, all of these are, are having an impact on pollinators. And w- one of the ways it can impact them is, is flowers need water to bloom. And so if there's a drought, 
It can really reduce the number of flowers that are available. If there's extreme water, it can also actually have an impact on flower availability. It can reduce the time that pollinators have to fly and gather forage. And the other thing that can happen is, is temperature changes can affect when and where flowers bloom and how much nutrition they have. And so there's this process called synchronicity, which is just the timing when a flower blooms that there is a pollinator that's evolved to be available to pollinate that flower at that time. And so if temperatures are changing or there's extreme weather events, it can affect the timing of those flowers blooming and the availability of pollinators there to, to pollinate that flower and you know, help plants create fruits that, you know, that we eat and that other animals consume. And is there any sense of, you know, this turning around and condition improving at all? Or where are we now and where are we headed from what your research tells you? It's a good question. I spend a lot of time, I'm a social scientist, researching, um, you know, other researchers and working with beekeepers and organizations. And also I did this while working um, for the USDA, uh, the United States Department of Agriculture. And, you know, our sense is that these issues are going to increase in occurrence and that we might be seeing, you know, increased occurrences of drought, of wildfires, of, of extreme weather, of hurricanes like we're seeing. And also that as temperature changes may continue to happen, uh, will likely to continue to happen, we will also see these disruptions in, in flower availability. There's a lot of work being done, a lot of great research being done to help support bees, pollinators, and farmers through this process. But we are expecting to see these events continue to increase in their occurrence. It's hard to say exactly how this will unfold, but climate modeling does indicate that we are going to see increased extreme weather events. And our ability to respond to those, like how those affect us, is going to be determined by how prepared we are to respond to them and how we help our environments transition to be resilient to those events. So sort of the outcome that we face depends on our preparedness and our ability to meet these challenges. And so one example is pollinators rely a lot on conservation lands in the Midwest, so CRP, Conservation Reserve Program lands. And so right now, researchers are trying to figure out what are the plants that would be most resilient if temperatures increase in the Midwest? What are the plants that would be most resilient and have the highest available nutrition to feed these pollinators? And so if we do research like that and we're able to figure that information out, we can create you know, conservation reserve program lands, farmlands that are more resilient to the type of extreme weather events that we're you know, seeing and have a happier outcome. So we don't know exactly how this will unfold, but the more we can do to prepare and create resilient farmscapes, you know, forests and landscapes, the happier, the better outcomes we're going to see. Okay, Jenny Durant, research affiliate in human ecology, University of California, Davis. Thank you so much for this important work and for being on with us today to help bring awareness to this most important subject for all of us and especially for our bees. All right. Thank you for being on, Jenny. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 